Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Therapy and Theology. Wild. It's already March. I cannot believe it. And we are diving into yet another series for this month called The Integrated Self. So if you're joining for the first time, welcome. And to those of you, my friends and returning listeners, thank you so much for walking with me as we learn to face the complexities of life together. It is truly such a gift. So Today, I want to talk about the integrated self, the sacred journey of knowing and loving God and what that actually means. In the context of today's episode, we're going to be looking at why self-awareness is vital to this spiritual formation of becoming known and knowing God. In other words, it's the integration of our self-knowledge as a vital part of growing in our knowledge of God. And when I use the word knowledge here, I'm really connecting it to this idea of loving God. And so as we learn to know ourselves and accept ourselves, we also in turn grow in our knowledge of God because we are the reflection of our creator. And so if you're already feeling a little suspicious about this concept of self-awareness and its connection to spirituality, stay with me because I know that the ideas of self-introspection and self-awareness, self-discovery have been labeled as maybe self-centered forms of spirituality, which can focus way more on self than on God. 
Yet I come to find that there tends to be an imbalance on either side of this perspective. Either we're really, really focused on God and therefore we're not acknowledging the self as part of that process or maybe we're leaning too far into our self-understanding and maybe forgetting about its necessary context within our spiritual formation of knowing God. I want to seek to find a more healthy connection between the self and spiritual growth. David Benner, author of The Gift of Being Yourself, says it this way, Christian spirituality involves a transformation of the self that occurs only when God and self are both deeply known. Both, therefore, have an important place in Christian spirituality. There is no deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of self, and no deep knowing of self without a deep knowing of God. John Calvin also notes the same perspective, saying, Our wisdom consists almost entirely of two things, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. But as these are connected together by many ties, it is not easy to determine which of the two proceeds and gives birth to the other. St. Augustine wrote in AD 500, How can we draw close to God when we are far from our own self? And he prayed, God, grant me that I may know myself, that I may know thee. I wonder, as I think back on these incredible fathers of the faith, how maybe we've missed the main message of the gospel and attempts to maybe die a self or throw off the old self. We've lost the passages of scripture that invite God into the process of knowing self. The passages that say, search me, O God, and know me. Or to love our neighbor as ourself. This is confusing if we've grown up believing that self-understanding is useless or wrong. Yet Jesus's embodiment of the Father invites us to know and to be known by him in a way that changes us, transforms us as we learn to bring our whole selves to him. Benner notes this, when we leave self out of Christianity, It results in a spirituality that is not well-grounded in experience, a.k.a. reality. It is the difference between knowing cognitively and knowing personally or from experience. We can live our whole Christian lives focused on knowing God and neglecting the self, yet what we find is the appearance will not match reality. The consequences for what I like to call disintegration of our mind, heart, soul, and strength are vast and sadly apparent in Christian community today. Think about it. Hiding sin and personal struggles, betrayals in marriages and relationships, the deconstruction of faith, spiritual abuse, relationship conflict, distorted views and messages of self and of God. Pete Scazzaro says it this way, the vast majority of us go to our graves without knowing who we are. We are unconsciously living someone else's life or at least someone else's expectations for us. This does violence to our souls, our relationship with God, and ultimately others. And I believe this, that we can find a healthy and, I would say, vital place for understanding ourselves so that we may be deeply transformed by the love of God. So let's use some clarifying terms here to help us differentiate things. When I use the term knowing, I am speaking of an embodied experience, something that we've 
engaged in, whether I say I know that person, I'm not just saying I know of them or cognitively, but I have experienced something about them. And same goes with belief, right? My belief is something that I cognitively understand and my knowing is something that I embody through experience. So with that all being said, I want to kind of lay the groundwork for this entire series over the next month. The fundamental purpose of integrating ourself, of knowing ourselves, our whole self, heart, mind, soul, strength, is not just to accept ourselves or to learn to feel better about ourselves, but that through introspection of our divine nature made in the image of our creator, we may deepen our understanding of God's character and his love for us and grow in our love for him. Better notes it beautifully saying genuine knowledge of self begins at looking at God and noticing how he is looking at us. You know, there are so many different ways that we can look at self-exploration and discovery, but one of the biggest aspects of this is so that we may know God and be transformed by him. Dickey says it this way, I don't accept myself because it's easier or psychologically healthy to do so, or because everybody says it's a good idea. No, I accept myself. I learn to know and grow in myself because God has forgiven and accepted me because he loves me and wants to spend time with me. This is the basis of my personal value and worth. And so when you look back at the question Benner poses here, how do you notice that God is looking at you? Oftentimes, I think we can have distorted views of how God sees us, and therefore, this can feel very disintegrated. But I love how Keyes puts it. We accept ourselves and learn to grow in self-knowledge to see ourselves the way God sees us, as forgiven and accepted, beloved children of God. And this can change everything about our lives. 1 John 4 provides the first step to this embodied knowledge of God, saying, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Remember that term knows is this embodied understanding through experience. And how do we know? How do we experience this love? Well, it says in verse 10, in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atonement for our sins. And then in verse 16, he adds, so we have come to know and to believe both a emotional and bodily experience and also a cognitive knowledge that the love of God is real. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. And this is how we know God and learn to know ourselves, right? Is through this divine love. If God is love, then to know him is to grow in love for him. Receiving the titles of belonging and belovedness, we begin to know our true selves and the one we are made to reflect. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. 
Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This love of God is seen through the personhood of Jesus Christ, who took on the perfect image of God and came to bring us back to the closeness to our creator and the wholeness which we were created to possess. His invitation to us was not a command of shame and condemnation, but of love. Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is in Mark 12. And this is how he responds in verse 29. He says this, the most important is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so friends, this is the sacred journey Jesus invites us into to love the Lord with all of who we are. And to do so, I believe fully that we are called to bring all that is contained in the depths of our heart, in our soul, in our mind, and in our strength to be transformed by the power of God's love for us. So how do we do this? Where do we even start on this journey? I want to give a first application to this, and then each week we will take one part of self, the heart, the mind, the soul, and the strength, and process it individually. But I want to provide a simple guide to the start of this journey, as it might be one that is untraveled for some of us. One of the first things and ways that I think we can learn about ourselves through God's eyes is by answering the questions both God and Jesus ask throughout scripture. So I want to teach you two ways to do this practically. The first is through what we call the Genesis examine. It takes the first questions that God asks Adam and Eve after the fall, and it allows us to come explore where we are, who we are listening to, and what we deeply desire. And this can be a great way for self-reflection. So if you're saying, I don't even know where to start, how do I connect my knowledge of self and self-exploration to this idea of my spiritual formation? Start with these simple questions. Where are you? God asks Adam and Eve as they are hiding in shame and fear of rejection by God after they have taken of the fruit. He simply asks, moving towards them in love, where are you? Where is your heart? This can be a great way to process where you feel like you are right now. Do you feel like you are like Adam and Eve, hiding in shame and fear? Do you feel grounded and close to God right now? And in response to Adam and Eve's 
acknowledgement of their fear of their nakedness, God reaches, God responds with a second question saying, who told you that you were naked? And so what if we answered the question, who told you? Who told you about the way you view yourself? Who told you about how God is viewing you? Sometimes we can listen to voices that are not God's. And what we see here is that God challenges Adam and Eve to acknowledge whose voices they're listening to. And then finally, the Lord responds to Eve asking, what is it that you have done? And this speaks to a deeper context. What was it that she wanted, right? What was it that she desired? It was to be like God. And so the question here that we can ponder on is, what is it that you want? What are you searching for? Maybe in culture or in relationships or in even your spirituality, what is it that you're reaching or chasing after? In addition to this reflection of the Genesis account, I think it also can be helpful to look back on the passages where Jesus asks such great self-reflection questions. He's always asking questions in pressing into where we might not really know our motives or our desires, and he wants us to explore those. And so instead of reading a passage with a cognitive understanding, what if? We started reading it with an imaginary meditative perspective to listen to the words of Jesus and ask ourselves those questions. So if you have time, take the next few minutes or come back to this part of the episode when you have a moment to sit quietly, undistracted, and attuned to the presence of God as I read this passage. In Mark 10, 46, through 52. It says this, and then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man and said to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This passage provides a beautiful question. As Jesus leans in to the cry for mercy, he asks this simple yet profound question. What is it that you want me to do for you? Maybe we've come to Christ with our prayers and petitions of others or for needs that seem simple. But if you really could be asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? With Jesus's loving gaze upon you, what is it that you would ask for? This question can bring a deep sense of understanding to what we 
desperately desire. I encourage you to take a journal and reflect afterwards what came up through this passage, thoughts, feelings, desires, and needs. And next week, we will walk through one of the first four parts of self, the heart, and learn about how we can love God and learn to understand our hearts and know our hearts in order that we might be transformed in heart and integrated in an embodied experience with God. The ultimate goal of our integration of self is that we might be deeply known and loved by God and in turn, deeply know and love God. So I hope you'll join me for the rest of this episodes to come. We are going to have some incredible guests this month, including Dr. Kurt Thompson and writer, author, and therapist, Andy Kobler. So I hope that you will join me for the next few episodes as we explore what it means to bring all of ourselves to God and be known and loved. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkwilliard.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.